I just had the great positive feeling that everything was going to be all right. The first show I ever did was the International Amphitheater in Chicago, and I sold $1,000. We have the Kabar Family Foundation there, and that's where my husband was a professor. This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper, and we just heard from Betty Kabara, who is a really amazing person for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one is that she and her late husband provided the initial funding to create the Kabara Cancer Research Institute as part of the Gunderson Medical Foundation with Gunderson Health System. And talk about inspiration. Betty is also a survivor of multiple cancer episodes, including breast cancer, twice. Several weeks ago, I had a chance to sit down and chat with Betty. She is the official representative of Stepping Out in Pink for 2022. And I have to say, there were many times in this conversation where I didn't even really know what to say. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Betty Kabara as we talk about Stepping Out in Pink on Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City. This episode of the podcast is, again, dedicated to Stepping Out in Pink. It is an opportunity to raise funds locally, keep those funds local, and do some world-class cancer research. Betty Kabara and her late husband are a big part of how we can do that here in the La Crosse area. So let's get started with this really amazing conversation with Betty and start at the beginning. Well, my name is Betty Kamara, and I feel very, very uh, special being chosen as the advocate for stepping out in pink. It's definitely a real passion of mine to get the message out to everyone. I'm CEO and president of MedChem Laboratories. I am 79 years old. And uh, I recently just moved to La Crosse four weeks ago from Galena, Illinois, and uh, I love it here. I wanted to be near my hospital, so Gunderson is such a wonderful place and has helped me through many cancers, so I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about those many cancers, but I, I do want to talk about you, too and get to know you. You're the president and CEO of a company, and you're a philanthropist. Yes, I am. I uh, We have the Kabara Cancer Institute here at Gunderson, and also at St. Mary's University. We have the Kabara Entrepreneurial Institute, that one in Winona. And also, I set up... Uh, Fund for the Elder Christian Brothers who take a vow of poverty. So when they're elderly, they don't really have extra money uh, to to have health care. So I started about five years ago. I set up a foundation for that, that every year we raise. Well, last year we raised $360,000. Wow. And we're already, just through June and into July, we're at a 200000 mark now. I just feel very passionate about my charities, and particularly cancer. So uh, 
I stay busy with all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, you you must. <clears throat> Let's go back. You know, I'd I'd like to know a little bit uh, about Betty pre cancer. Tell me a little bit about how you became the person you are. Well, uh, really a lot in weight due to my husband. Uh, I was married to Dr. John Kovara. Uh, he was a biochemist, pharmacologist, world-known. And we, we lived in Galena, Illinois. But he had gone to St. Mary's University for um, his college. It was a college then. And then he also, we knew people at the foundation at Gunderson, they were doing some research work that he wanted done. And that's kind of how we evolved into that. So uh, we traveled the world. We, we had a marvelous, wonderful 20 years. But he died of congestive heart failure in 2011. <clears throat> and we lived in Florida at the time. So... I knew that I probably would need to be near the children. Mm -hmm. So I moved from there to Goodyear, Arizona. I bought a home there. And that's where I live in the wintertime. So, Smart lady. Yeah. Get out of the cold. It's been my dream to do that for a long time. Yeah. And the reason that we're together is that you are a breast cancer survivor. Yes. Congratulations. Uh, twice. Twice. Uh, twice. Tell us the story. Tell me about first discovering that you had cancer. Did you discover it yourself? or? Well, that's a pretty interesting story. That um, I would get my checkups by this PA in Galena every year, and I'd wake up at night coughing, but I drink water, go back to sleep, and uh, I thought nothing of it. I told her about it. She said, oh, it's just sinus drainage. Well, this went on for a couple years. Then all of a sudden, the, the cough got worse. It got deeper into my chest. And my daughter said, you better go get that checked out, Mom. How long ago was this? This was in, in 2013. Okay. And I did, and the minute I went to an ENT in Florida, she saw the tumor in my throat. I had head and neck cancer, stage four, um, all the way into my voice box, which as you can tell, my voice is a little scratchy. That's all right. And uh, anyway, uh, my grandson came to be there for the biopsy with me. We made the trip from Florida to Galena and on to Gunderson. And they had picked out a, a five-doctor a team that was going to be my team to help me arrest this cancer. And anyway, due to 36 radiations to my throat, and uh, chemotherapy, mm -hmm. uh, we we got rid of the tumor and we got rid of that cancer. So that was a th that was a throat cancer. Well, it's from acid reflux, 
It okay. was just stri- strictly from acid coming up on me, which I always carried Tums. I never thought this is going to cause me cancer one day. I didn't know that would happen either. Yeah. So anyway, um, I spent three months here. Uh, my grandson took care of me. He happened to be in between jobs. When I say grandson, he was he's older, in his 40s now. Um, but anyway, uh, we managed to, to get it under control, and they started to watch me very, very closely after that. And then I was in for a check of colonoscopy and whatever, and they decided to go down and look in my stomach with a camera while I was out. And uh, so anyway, at that point, they found out that I had Barrett's stomach and I had another tumor in my esophagus down there, of which they removed that. At the time? Yes, at the time. And then, uh, so everything was humming along pretty well in 2019, where I'm getting checked all the time for everything, certainly my mammograms. I had been doing that since I was in my 30s. And um, I just am so grateful. I never dreamed that I was going to get breast cancer after all that I had been through. And I was very shocked when they told me that I had breast cancer in the one breast. So the mammogram showed the cancer? Yes, it did. I mean, it showed the tumor. The tumor, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, because they have the new 3D now, which I had had, and that new 3D can see even more than the old ones, the old way that they used to do it. Right. So... Anyway, I had to make plans to come back, get my surgery. Well, I would like to, if you don't mind, can I ask you a couple of personal questions? Sure. Uh, How were you during this? I mean, what's it like to get that news again and again and again? Well, I've never been emotional. I have never cried. I kept thinking one day, maybe I'll just sit down and start crying. Uh, I just had the great positive feeling that everything was going to be all right. And I think that that's a great thing to take forward. The doctors there told me they really can see sometimes the people that are going to make it. And it's a lot with attitude. I had a lot of confidence in these doctors. They told me they were going to pull me out of it. And I believed that they would, and they did. So That's amazing. But I never... I've been staying positive. I've been fighting right now. I'm fighting all the damage the radiation has done to my airway. And I'll probably have to have a tracheotomy down the pike. But I work every day with breathing exercises and anything I can do to stay well. In fact, I had my mammogram Tuesday, two days ago. Okay. So I'm good to go now for another year, and I made next year's appointment at while I was there. So just you've got to take care of your health. Yeah, cancer doesn't take a holiday. 
It doesn't discriminate either. No, and it's, well, breast cancer killed one of my sisters. I have another sister that's a cancer survivor, breast cancer. My mother died of cancer. My grandmother died of cancer. And it's it's in the genes or something, I don't know. I was going to ask, you must have a lot of conversations about the genetics of cancer. Yes, yes, I do. And I, I actually have taken one of the genetic tests at Gunderson, but it wasn't a really detailed one, you know. So they really couldn't find that I had the gene for the breast cancer or for, for, for whatever cancers they were looking at. So, but anyway, yeah, it's it's been quite a journey. So it's it's something that touches everyone. Every family out there, you cannot talk to anyone that is not, doesn't have anybody in their whole family that hasn't had cancer. Right. Esophageal cancer got my sister. Oh, yeah. That was rough at the end. Because the only way you know you have that is when you can't eat anymore. Right. And that's why finding mine in stage one was a miracle or I probably wouldn't be here today. So Mm. um, anyway, I got through the first breast cancer. I've stayed here for about a month. Um, I had a wonderful surgeon, but something happened when they went to shoot the dye that goes into all the lymph nodes, and that has to happen. So it didn't, in my case... The dye didn't go where it was supposed to, so they had to wind up taking the lymph nodes, which was a little bit more than just the lumpectomy because I had to stay there for a whole month and uh, till these things drained and whatever. But uh, I asked the surgeon, I said, how many times has this ever happened in your life where the dye didn't go where it was supposed to? And he said, only twice. <laughs> I said, oh, of course, I I would be the one. You're a special lady. Yes, I guess so. So then six months later, I had, this was in 2019, that all of this happened. And six months later, I had gone in for my mammogram, okay, my first checkup. So anyway, I told the gal, I said, you better come back with a good report this time. I've got to be rid of this. And she came back and she said, uh, yes, we got rid of the one, but you have breast cancer in the other breast. And I re- really was blindsided by that one. I never dreamed that that would happen. So... Uh, Anyway, back to the surgeon again and back to getting the lumpectomy. But this time the dye went where it was supposed to. But at that point, it's it's really not a problem. But the thing you've got to understand, both of them were stage one. And you come out of there with hardly even a little scar under the arm. And... Uh, so I've been been good since then, but... Uh, 
when was that? When did you wrap up this last? 2019. Battle? Okay. So, um, but I just feel grateful to be alive and to be here and to be to continue to do work for my charities. And um, I just feel it's a God's blessing, and he has a good reason to be keeping me here on this yeah. earth. I'm struggling with trying to understand how you stay positive. I really uh, am a, well, certainly everybody always says you're a strong person, you know, and I am. But I just don't know where it comes from. But I, I truly um, feel always positive and never depressed or down or like, why did this happen to me, you know? I mean, you handle it and you go forward. You don't go backwards. Yeah. I guess what else, in the end, what else are you going to do? You're right. So that that was my quest. And uh, my doctors, my radiation doctor, doctor and my chemotherapy doctor, both said they had seen a lot of people come through there with cancer. But they said I was the leader of the pack. I really was. What what made them say that? Well, just how fast I progressed with everything. And even I never took, when I had the esophageal cancer, I, I mean the uh, head and neck cancer from the acid reflux. Um, one day I was at chemotherapy and they bring you lunch and I told my doctor I had chili. He, you had chili? <laughs> I mean... I never had to have shots to swallow, but for some reason I just had this good, positive attitude that I'm going to beat this, and I did. I did tell you that Betty is an amazing woman. That's Betty Kabara, and this is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. We'll get back to our conversation in just a bit. This is Around River City, and we're talking Stepping Out in Pink for 2022. It's an event that uh, raises awareness, it brings people together, and it raises local funds that stay local for cancer research through the Kabara Cancer Research Institute at the Gunderson Medical Foundation. Let's just get right back into my conversation with the amazing Betty Kabara. That must also dovetail into your... Uh, you're just not slowing down. Your your philanthropy, uh, you're giving giving back to the community. Is that something that was important to you before you started dealing with the various cancers? Oh, way back. In fact, we set up the Cancer Institute, which nobody uh, would think that this would be the reason we set up the cancer. We set that up before I ever had cancer, and before my husband John had a surgery here he had uh, congestive heart failure the surgeon got him three more years of life we're in Florida he had been turned down so we did all of that before any of that happened and so I just um, uh, we also had been doing a lot of Philanthropy work, 
uh, with donations to St. Mary's, to the Christian Brothers, to a lot of different Michigan State University. We have the Kabar Family Foundation there. And that's where my husband was a professor for many years. So, yeah, we, we, he and I both were like that. Hmm. So we got lucky enough to make enough money that we, we could do can more. Do that, yeah. He'd be proud of you as a steward of the. Oh, by far. Yes, he would. He would never, he, he would really be aggravated if I just sat back and cried and gave up. No, I, I kept going and I kept checking on these charities. Gunderson, uh, gave me the Founders Award, which has only been given to five lay people. The rest are all doctors. I got the LaSallian Award from the Christian Brothers. I was voted the Outstanding Philanthropist, I think in 2017, for the Upper Mississippi Valley here. I was given, my husband and I, the Heritage Award at St. Mary's University. And that was for anybody who had given the most to the university in a hundred years. So we've, we've been out there doing this for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. It feel, must feel natural to you to give back. Oh yeah. I think if I won the lottery today, I would give it all to charity. I mean, it's what makes me happy. That's what makes me happy. That's why I keep working. You know, I was going to I was going to say you and on top of all of this, you have a full-time job. Well, my grandson takes most of it now running the and the business. Yeah. I take care of the money. <laughs> I still have not turned that over to my 40-some-year-old grandson. Okay. Why? So, well, I like to to be busy, keep my brain active, which I'm think is important and I like to see what's going on I was in business since I was uh, in my early 20s I I was never college educated what was your first job in business uh, well jewelry I I worked oh boy this is a long story that I I worked for the house of diamonds downtown Chicago and uh, that's where I learned uh, uh, quite a lot about the jewelry business and I learned all the people that did all the different work on jewelry and then one day in 1973 I was taken hostage in a jewelry robbery there and well that is a long story which I cannot go into today but uh, fortunately after taking me hostage and then taking a cab driver hostage and this guy shooting through the window and uh, that uh, the little cab driver jumped out and ran and then the police were able to to arrest him. They were came all around. We were around the train station. Oh, okay. This yeah. went on for like an hour and then they were getting people out of the train station and everything. It was a pretty big deal. But fortunately, they got the guy, and 
He did go down for 10, 10 to 20 years. When he shot at the cab driver, that was that was attempted murder. That right, was really right. like his worst offense. So then I wanted to try my own hand at doing business. So that didn't turn you away from business. That got you more into it. Yeah, it got me into it because I just worked for them, you know, and without a college education, you know, it's it's hard to, to get a really good job and make a lot of money. But I went into getting scrap gold from these guys in the jewelry business that I knew. I could buy the old filigree mountings for very little money, put cheap stones in them, not emeralds or diamonds, but maybe garnets, amethyst. And then I started doing antique shows, uh, selling jewelry in antique shows. And uh, the first show I ever did was the International Amphitheater in Chicago. And I sold a thousand dollars. I was just this like maybe seventy four, seventy five, or yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, that was a lot. I thought, wow, this is great. <laughs> yeah, but of course, not every show is that good. And I know that I had things probably priced a little too cheap, being new at it. But anyway, these guys that I knew in the jewelry business would do anything to help me. So they gave me things on consignment. I eventually got a spot in a store, in a bridal store, where I did all the wedding invitations, the bridesmaids' gifts, and jewelry. And that went on for a couple of years. And then I I moved to another uh, location where I was in business for myself, out of the bridal house. So, uh, yeah, it's been quite a journey for me. Yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds like it. Yeah. So I just feel very lucky today. Very, very lucky to be here, to be able to, to talk to you, and most of all, to be close to this hospital here. Yeah. This. How did you discover, because you're not from La Crosse, how did you discover Gunderson? Well, the, the director uh, of the um, foundation, his name is Phil Schumacher. And Phil Schumacher used to work for St. Mary's. So my husband, John, knew him real well. And Phil would come and visit us when he made his Florida rounds. And Phil helped us get the research going at Gunderson. And then when we decided to set up the Cancer Institute, they had just hired a new scientist from England. And uh, John wanted to know if... This guy would do the work that uh, John wanted done. And Phil said, well, yeah, I think so. And John, at that point, had just gotten the word that he had six months to live. Oh, my. And um, and Phil was just devastated. He said, you've got to get him to Gunderson. I said, we've been to several doctors here. They all said the same thing, that there is no hope. So, anyway, as divine intervention came, St. Mary's was going to give him an honorary doctorate. So, of course, we would be going right past here. <laughs> and that was in a couple of months. So, in a couple of months, we, we did. We came and we saw the doctors here. 
And the doctor said, uh, when he was looking at all his records, he said, well, he had the biventricular wire ran from one side of the heart to the other, didn't he? And I said, no, he never had that done. He said, well, it's right here in the record. I said, I don't care. He said, well, an x-ray will tell me in a minute. And I said, well, let's do it. So then this doctor, uh, Julio Bird, wonderful cardiologist, he ran the wire and uh, gave John three more years of life. So that was pretty spectacular. Yeah, just because he cared enough to check again and check again. Yeah. Well... Anyway, we were grateful to get those three years. You of course. Know, or, so. So, <clears throat> I'm guessing you have gained some wisdom through your travels and adventures and challenges. Oh, yeah. um, of course, our focus with stepping out in pink, um, breast cancer, awareness, um, mammograms, I'm guessing you're a fan. I am definitely a fan. <laughs> Without that mammogram, you're not going to know until things are really in bad shape. When Once you feel a big lump or something, then, you know, it's going to be a major job to get the mastectomy and all that. But to get a lumpectomy is very, very small amount of surgery. Mm-hmm. So you've got to do that. You've got to go and get that mammogram every year. They do get a bad rap. I mean, I, I, my understanding is they're uncomfortable, but it's probably less uncomfortable than... Oh, uh, yes, it would. Well, a shot is kind of uncomfortable. I mean, you name it. There's a lot of things the doctors do to you that are uncomfortable, but for the reward that you get, that you know that you're safe and that you don't have breast cancer, one out of eight is going to die, is going to get breast cancer. Last year, then the 21, I think we had uh, one uh, over a million women that had breast cancer. 600 and some thousand died. Died. Mm. So you're really, for what the little bit it might hurt, you're getting a great reward by staying safe and Choosing great doctors, uh, which you have, you're fortunate to have right here in La Crosse. So that's that's the 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 pay that you get for mm-hmm. for taking care of your health. I'm wondering what you might be able to tell the person who might have just been diagnosed with breast cancer. What can you tell the rest of their circle, their family, and close friends? <laughs> Well, I mean, um, I know my family went through a lot when they thought, when I had the stage four cancer, you know. But the lumpectomy was just, well, she's been through a lot already, you know, so this is not a big major thing, you know. Well, that's called perspective. To say that that's not a big major thing, that's perspective. Right, that's my perspective, but... uh, yeah, you're right. But honestly, uh, in comparison to what I went through, I, I lost 50 pounds in, when I went through the stage four. Mm. 
So I had feeding tubes and all kinds of things. It was a very difficult journey. What are you excited about these days? Well, I'm excited, first of all, to be living in La Crosse. Yeah. What do you like about La Crosse? I want to ask. What do you, well, besides, have we impressed you? Well, besides number one is um, the hospital, but uh, I I just love the people. The people are very friendly. Uh, the building I moved into, they were very welcoming uh, of me there, and I just am, and somehow feel I belong here. And I, strange things happened since I was there that I have to share with you. Okay. Uh, the next day after I moved in, a woman came from, she said, hi, I'm your next door neighbor, neighbor, and my name is Verona. And I went, Verona? And I says, come in, and I gave her a huge hug. She was a 42-year-old, 42 years at Gunderson nurse. And the last year, she took care of my husband. Oh, She my. made all of his appointments. She went with us to all of the appointments. She called me almost every day to see if his feet were swelling or there's what was going on. And this lady lives next door to me. I couldn't believe it. That's amazing. It was incredible. So I just feel I'm lucky to be here because... If I do the eventuality that if I do have to have a tracheotomy, I got a nice nurse next door, so who <laughs> <laughs> knows me well. <laughs> but yeah, I love the, I love the waterfront restaurant. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. We've got some very good food in La Crosse, and I have, uh, of course, my best friends are Phil Schumacher. I just talked about. Of course, he's retired from the foundation now. He and his wife, Becky, are my best friends. And I have many friends here in La Crosse and in Winona. I was on the board of trustees for St. Mary's University. And I also was on the foundation board uh, here mm-hmm. at Gunderson. So I made a lot of friends here and there. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in and sharing your story and for being a part of Stepping Out in Pink. Well, it's my pleasure. It really is. I am just elated that I'm going to be able to witness this and be a part of it. It's very, very important to me. It's an event like this that was has been part of your recovery. Yes. For sure. So... Anyway, I can't wait to, to meet everyone and and see all of my fellow breast cancer survivors that day. So I start out with 4,000 new friends <laughs> <laughs> in La Crosse. That's, that's going to be a lot. So I have a feeling you can handle it. I think I can. I've, I've been... T- through a lot of things I had to handle. So. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> that helps. Well, Betty, what a joy to meet you and get to know you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And I hope the message gets out. Get those mammograms, ladies. 
What a great lady, Betty Cabara. Thank you so much for this conversation and for giving us the time. Uh, thank you so much for all that you have done for breast cancer research in the La Crosse area and around the world. The funding stays local. The results of the research are shared worldwide. Thanks to Betty. Thanks to Stepping Out in Pink. And thank you for being a part of the conversation. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City.